Hi, welcome back to Cheese and Crackers. I'm Krista. And I'm Bria. And we want to thank you for joining us today. Last time on our last episode, we talked about how our neighbor took the girls and took them out shooting. Just for clarification, we didn't state this in the last episode, but the neighbor that we talked about that did that does and did have law enforcement training. So it was a case of not only could he shoot with them, but he could also show them the proper mechanics, handling, and just get them a little more familiar and comfortable with a firearm. Last week, we talked about journaling and how to start and just kind of our messy emotional part of this. I want to point out that one of the things that I noticed, and this happened with time, Bria can attest to this, it's it's a whole gamut of emotions. One day, you're feeling good about things. The next day, something's thrown at you, whether it be part of the divorce, whether it be something at your workplace, something at home. As with life, things come at you that you have no control over. So one of the things that I started doing, I talked about last time, was gratitude. And I think that is just changing your mindset. And I think that is good for everybody, no matter what they're going through. But if you can look for little things each day to be thankful for and focus on those rather than the negatives, it really does help you shift into more of a positive mindset. You know, it's like with anything. Everybody has their issues. Everybody can wallow and self-pity, feel sorry for themselves. But at the end of the day, you pull up your bootstraps and you have to go on with your life because that's what life's about. It keeps coming whether you want it to or not. I think that was one of the things that helped me was not just a gratitude journal, but just thinking about my blessings and what I was thankful for because I have a lot to be thankful for. Number one is just even, well, my girls is number one, but number two, just being able to get out of the situation that I was in and coming out as well as I am, I would say mentally, the girls, their mental capacities and where they're at compared to what we were living. You know, each day I just try to, before I get out of bed, just lay there and think of all the things that are positive in my life and all the things I'm thankful for. And it kind of sets my day on a much brighter note. I think one of my biggest things when it came to mindset was I found myself in a lot of frustration and anger and it wasn't necessarily anger within me or anger that I had towards myself for you know kind of triggering this whole situation. It was more anger and I'd get triggered by people coming up to me saying that they're sorry for me which I I understood why they felt sorry for me but it was like I was living my best life now and you shouldn't feel sorry for me. And another thing that really triggered me was, well, Bria, that's your only dad. Don't you want a relationship with him? And that question I still get to this day. And that's something that I've come to the conclusion that I don't ever want a relationship with my dad. You know, he is my only father, but at the same time, I'm his only daughter besides my sister. But there's only one of me and you can't really replicate that. And if he can't see that, then why should I put more effort into relationship with him than he has me. Now, there's a lot of things that I haven't yet discussed on this podcast that he's tried to commit me for, such as getting arrested for driving my car. He seriously had the paperwork drawn up and I got a phone call from the police department 10 o'clock on a Sunday evening saying that I was potentially going to jail 
that I'm following Monday, and I was going to be charged with theft for having possession of my own car and driving it. And there's just a lot of little things like that that really, really gets old, and you can only handle so much. And so, you know, for people to say, well, yeah, that is your only dad, at the same time, that's my dad, and that's how he's treating me. So why would I want to continue to have a relationship where I clearly don't mean anything to him, and I'm only seen as a possession? Well, and I think I think you had anger before the way he used you, and I think you had anger after you were fired and he fought your unemployment, and then the car thing. Bria left out the part, but the title we bought it online, and they put the title in his name, but it was bought by both of us for her. And he knows that, but this was just another way to retaliate. And and after a while, the game playing and that kind of stuff, I think, just gets old and frustrating where you just want to be done with it. And and people want the girls to have a relationship with them, which I've said all along, that's their choice. But his actions aren't helping with that. And even in January, when I read my victim impact statement, I talked about that to him personally, that now's the time that he has to fix himself before he can fix anything as far as relationships with them. Far, that's not happening. Yeah. So So I would say that while I was stuck in this frustration and anger mindset, I realized that, you know, this isn't something that has anything to do with me, really. It's not an internal problem for me. It's an external problem because it's him and his choices. And once I came to that conclusion that I can't fix him, he has to be the one to fix himself. And if he wants a relationship, he has to be the one to try to make amends, then that's how it's gonna be. And so that's kind of how I switched my mindset and my thinking. I can only go so far and extend my hand. And if he doesn't decide to change or do anything about it and continue to try to damage the relationship, then there's no saving it. Say too, that I think that changing the mindset thing also comes to whether you believe in God, a higher power, or what. I know that the more I can try to control the situation, the more out of control I felt and the less I could control. So I think part of it is to just knowing what you can control, what you aren't able to control, and then giving it to God or a higher power. Yeah, you really have to live in this flow state where everything just kind of flows. It happens, you let it happen, and you don't try to have a desired outcome because the more you try to have a desired outcome, such as me wanting a relationship with my dad, the more I know it's going to go haywire and it's probably not going to work or I'm going to get to that outcome that I want. And again, it goes back to the you can't control it. You can only control your 50% part of the relationship. The other part has to be controlled by somebody else and that's what you can't control or have no control over so at the end of the day those are the kind of things you have to let go and just take things as they come and keep moving forward and working on being a better better person yeah Yeah, your best version of you if you don't become a better you and you live in the past then nothing's going to change and you're actually going to become more miserable and it's going to hurt your mental health and your well-being because you're going to sit there and reflect and think on different things that you could have done differently in the past to get whatever you want in terms of an outcome and there's no going back to the past you can really only live in the present and honestly there's nothing to say that just because we're doing this podcast that our days are all 
perfect and things are, you know, like wonderful because we still have our ups and downs along with everybody else. And like I said, that's part of life. But, you know, as you become frustrated, angry, things happen, you have to find better ways to cope and deal with that stuff. And and I know for myself, you know, I, I would take deep breaths and I would try to remove myself from the emotional part of things and then use more of a non-reactive approach. And that's helped me a lot. Yeah, so I think if you're going through something similar, just realize that, like we said before, there are better days ahead. There's definitely ups and downs to every journey. But once you do some really deep reflecting and you kind of realize that it's not necessarily anything to do with you, but that other person, that'll definitely help your mindset and mental state a lot, I would say. I think, too, the other thing that we haven't pointed out that, you know, it's kind of a known fact, but just exercise, Mm -hmm. just going on a walk. Like I said, we did several things with breathing and and I worked on breathing technique. One of the things that we started doing that I'd done before and we started back up was yoga. And then you got into Pilates and started doing Pilates every week. And yoga and Pilates are great for just exercise, stretching, breathing, just kind of being aware of your body and how you're feeling. And sometimes we get so enthralled in everyday life that we're just kind of on the hamster wheel living and doing and we don't take time to stop and think and feel and enjoy life because it's one big mad crazy dash yeah and when you really take time for yourself and you focus on whatever you're doing whether that's yoga or exercise or something you're more aware of how you feel in that state And like, you know, for me, I love going on walks and I feel so good after I go on walks. And in that moment when I'm walking, I don't think about what's going on or how, you know, this whole situation happened and how things could be different. I'm seriously focused on like looking at the birds or nature. And it's just that small moment out of the day that makes you think that everything's going to be okay in the end, no matter what happened in the past or what's to come in the future. It's just all going to work out. And so when you really take time and reflect or have those little pause moments throughout the day, it just overall helps your direction of life, I would say. Another thing, too, that I think has helped us and has always been a part of our lives is music. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's, there's research out there to show that people with cognitive deficiencies and elderly people respond to music. And, and that's true for your mood. It depends on you know, what you feel like that day, what you want to listen to. I would say with us three girls, we're kind of eclectic. We listen to a little bit of everything and that helps. Yeah, that's okay. Everybody has their own style of doing things. It's just really finding things that make you happy that you know are going to be there for you no matter what you go through. So we've talked about, you know, taking time for you. We've talked about reading. We've talked about doing some online classes some podcasts listening to not just ours we've talked about walking we've talked about journaling we've talked about gratitude journals we've talked about breathing yoga pilates those are all just some things that we found that worked for us another thing that we do that we haven't always done or we didn't do for the past several years is we've really made a point to 
connect and reconnect with our loved ones, whether it be friends or family or what. And and I think sometimes you have to go through something in order to do that. And we talked about how, you know, he kind of liked us to just keep to ourselves in our family unit. But we've been able to reach out to friends and family that we haven't seen or talked to and do things with. So that part has been nice. We've, I can't say, you know, like before we've kept our circle small and tight, but we've also been able to reconnect with our family and what's most important, especially in life, because at the end of the day, you need to have that support and core group that's there for you. And I think it's important to note that everything that we've talked about so far in this episode and the things that we have done are all things that he has not done. You know, he's never had a consistent exercise routine. He'd make fun of us doing yoga. He'd make fun of us doing yoga or exercising or go on a walk. It was okay if he wanted to go on a walk and we'd go on a walk. But it was never, you know, starting out with a mile here. It was always, oh, we're going to walk five miles today, six miles tomorrow, and then 15 the next day. These were definitely things that he didn't incorporate into his daily routine or his well-being routine at all. Glass half empty or glass half full. And and he was more of a pessimist than an optimist and and I think us girls, we are more optimistic. And not only that, but we we like to listen to music. We like to dance. If he was here and we were dancing, he'd tell us that we were making too much noise or... Even if we were laughing, you know, we couldn't laugh or joke around. We had to be serious just because he was serious. And I don't think that's a way of living. It definitely doesn't improve your quality of living. And after he was gone, you know, that's the first thing we started doing. And it was just small moments like that that we lacked for so long that it felt almost weird to have because it wasn't the normal for us. But if you really think about it and you think about how he's lived and how he conditioned us to live, it makes sense because we were never used to it. And then once we started exploring and doing things on our own with our new freedom, our whole lives improved and our mentality and mental state improved as well. You know, one of the things that, that is another thing that I didn't think of when we were talking about it, but you and I and your sister all love flowers mm-hmm. and planning and dirt therapy is what we call it because it's that whole getting connected with nature and grounding again and just planting seeds and flowers and helping them and watching them grow and that whole connection. To, to us, that was always fun. Yeah, we'd love to go flower shopping and we'd love to be outdoors and we loved being outside in the yard, but he made it a point to complain about yard work or complain about planting flowers. Everything that we enjoyed seriously was a complaint to him or it was an inconvenience as we've touched upon multiple times already, but... And I think here's an example too. I mean, we were talking about this just the other day as we were outside and you were mowing the yard. But for years, you know, we've had dogs and the dogs would tear up grassy patches. And so we'd have to rake it up or till it up. And then we'd have to go out and plant grass seed and we'd have to go and get topsoil. And us girls would have to go out and cover the grass seed with the topsoil and we'd have to water it every night. And, and it was this big production. And all along I said, throw it out in the winter in the fall and it'll come up in the spring and oh no no you have to do this then you have to thatch it and all this and that and for the last year and a half we haven't planted any grass seed 
and we don't have any spots in our yard. Yeah, our yard looks better now than it ever did, and we still have two dogs. Well, now we have three. It's crazy, though. But it just goes to show you that how, you know, if you live by somebody else's rules and the rules that they're following, it's not going to help you in the end. You really do have to be your own person at the end of the day. And you have to find things that, you know, how cliche it sounds, but make you happy. And once you find those things, keep incorporating them into your daily routine because it does help how you live in the end. Well, and I'm going to go back to the grass because the more you try to control it, the less it would grow. And yeah. then when you just let it be and let Mother Nature do what she does, we have grass in places that we never did for years. Yeah, so I'd say if you're in a situation and that person doesn't have any activities that bring them joy, just know that's kind of a sign. Watch out for that. So again, back to the whole control thing. I think a lot of it, too, like what you said, Bria, is you have to be able to take risks and you have to be able to put yourself out there. And we're at a point now where, well, even before we wanted to try new things, we weren't able to. But now we're definitely trying, learning new things. Taking risks for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, things that he thought would be difficult or he always told us were so hard, you know, like the yard work and mowing and hooking up the pool and those kind of things. We've done it. We're doing it. Yeah. And it's not that bad. Yeah, and as you all know, the pool is definitely one of our hobbies and things to do. And I think that's one other thing that I kind of struggled with, especially becoming an adult, was finding things to have in common with my dad. The only hobbies that we had in common when we were younger were sports, and that's because he coached us and he played sports. But then after we grew up, you know, he was into motorcycles, and my sister and I weren't really into motorcycles. We don't know how to ride them. We didn't like riding them when we were with him like I went for one ride and I was scared and I was like I'm never getting on a motorcycle again but it was just hard to find a common ground because if you didn't like the same things that he did you didn't have anything in common before he left all of our conversations were pretty much about the business but that's the only thing we had in common we besides ask, that and baseball we'd ask him do you want to go miniature golfing tonight because we have a miniature uh -huh. golf place down the road from us we live out in the country no, that's dumb. You know, well, how about bowling? No, I haven't been bowling for years. I mean, we excuses. couldn't go to the movie. We couldn't go to the movies because it costs too much. But yet we, you know, we could watch a movie at home. But I'd take you girls to the movies. But that movie at home would have to be the one that he wanted to. So still a lot of control in play. And I think that's some things that people don't really understand is, well, you know, as I touched on earlier in this episode, well, that's your only dad. And you're never going to have a relationship with him if you don't want one. And I understand that. But I think that it's going to be hard if I ever do decide to have a relationship because there's no common grounds or anything that we have in common because I feel like he doesn't really know me as his daughter. Like, I feel like there was no real connection there because there was a lack of bond, I would say, when it came to hobbies or topics or things of interest. And the only things that we did have in common were things that he wanted to have or place upon me, like the business or working for him or, you know, going to St. Louis and things like that. I think that was part of you and your sister's grieving process was because, you know, he basically just went out of your life where to me it was a little bit different because, as I've said before, that love had been gone for quite some time. But also, 
you know, when you guys were growing up, he was working at a job that he'd work 12 hour shifts. Mm -hmm. So he'd work eight to eight, but he'd leave, you know, 730, 715, and then he wouldn't get home till 830, 845. So the single mom thing for me wasn't hard because he was gone so much yeah, that it didn't. felt like I did it anyway yeah. most of the time. So that's when we'd be like, okay, let's go to the movies. Let's go to miniature golf. Let's go do what we want to do. Let's go down and play tennis or whatever because he wasn't around. And so we'd do it as long as, as long as it wasn't a huge amount of money that we were spending, then it was all fine. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely when the family dynamic kind of changed was when he got fired and he went from not being at home to now being at home all the time. So we... It was an adjustment for us. It was because we never lived like that. He was always gone at least, you know, three to four days out of the week, 12 hours. And now we were went from that to being together all the time and not knowing what to do or, and or how to act. And especially in the summer when I was off work too. Yeah. Because then... Then we were seriously, yeah, when he lost his job and it was that time of year and I was off and we really were all together 24-7. and It made it interesting. Yeah, it was definitely a shift in the dynamics. Yeah, so there's just a lot of different things like that um, that kind of played a part, I would say, throughout our whole situation that probably will not happen to everybody that has a similar situation so i would say the takeaways from this episode is you know keep keep doing things for yourself even if you're in a relationship or situation where you can't you know read the books switch your mindset switch your mindset the number one priority you should do first besides like all your financial stuff of course is seriously take enough time for you to figure out what positive outcome you want to have and what positive mindset shift you want to have because if you're not positive throughout this whole thing it's really easy to fall into this negative trap and go into this spiral and go into that depression Depression. and not get out so you really need to take the first steps into you know looking at what's to come what you want to do next you know whether that's you want to take a trip somewhere in the next couple months just set small goals yeah. and try and to achieve them. And even if you can't take the trip, if there's somewhere you've always wanted to go on your bucket list, go to the library, get the books, research it. Yeah. You know, make you like can, a plan you can... or two or guide for when you go there. Somewhere. Exactly. It's small steps like that that will seriously improve your your life and your mental health. And then and then time for you too. Yeah. I think self wellness, you know, baths, whether it be with bath salts, bubble baths whatever just take time for you and get find, your nails done do find something stuff that makes you happy that you haven't found or that you want to rediscover go back to like reading for us if you find these things that make you happy continue to do them yeah but again uh, as with what we said earlier with your mental health exercise whether that it too. be yoga pilates free. walking um, you, it doesn't cost money. There's tons of yeah, well, videos you on YouTube that you can get for free. You don't have to get a gym membership and go. There's other ways that you can do it. Yeah, you can right there at home. Walk up and down your flight of stairs. How many times? And that's a start because you're not going to be focused on what's going on outside of the stairs. You're going to be focused on trying to get up and down those stairs. Yeah, but take take time for you. Do some things. I'm telling you, deep breaths help me. I don't know if you've ever 
looked at breathing and breathing techniques, but there's like a box breath, there's belly breaths, there's, there's all different breath work that you can do. And the more you do it, the more it will come naturally to you. And it, not only will it help your brain because you're intaking oxygen, it'll help your breathing, it'll help your lungs, and it will definitely help your mental state. Yeah, and with breathing techniques, there is scientific research behind it, how it will actually change the neural pathways in your mind and actually help you reprogram your, your conscious mind and your subconscious mind into having a more positive outlook on life. So, like, there is really scientific research and knowledge and stuff to back this stuff up that we're saying. If you guys want to really dive deep, you can. Or let us know, and we'd be happy to share some of our sites yeah, and info that we use dedicate with a certain you. episode to a certain topic. Just different things like that. But like I said, if they've ever made fun of you for having these hobbies or things, just know that... They're jealous because they can't find hobbies that make them happy. And two, they wish they could be like you and do things that made them happy. So if chances are, if it triggered them and you're doing it, then continue to do it because it's going to help you. And I think too, Bria, the point that we need to, that we need to make is like when he would make fun of me doing yoga and stuff that, oh, you're not very good at that or, oh, you can't do that move or, oh, you don't look like the girl on TV doing that or whatever. I think... Now looking back, it's hard to see when you're living it, but now looking back, I think there was a lot of insecurities that play without a doubt that he had. And I think you'll find this in a lot of people that are critical or kind of judgmental, judgmental, gloating, those kind of things, is that maybe while they appear to be really sure of themselves on the outside, I think there's some deep down insecurity that these people have to have such a need for power and acceptance and the put downs and yeah because they're seeking their own validation so you have to keep that in mind too and like i said it's not easy when you're going through it because it chips away and it chips away and it chips away at you and then you're thinking okay maybe i can't do this pose because i do look like a fool or i'm dumb but but then you know like now i'm to the point where i'll go to the, the local Y or yeah. the gym and I'll do these poses and and I know I can do them as good as anybody else if you know maybe not the best but I'm gonna put myself out there and I'm gonna do it for me and I don't care what anybody thinks and I think that's the part too that when you're in a place that you feel comfortable with yourself you kind of vibe different and people look at you differently yeah I think it goes from you actually stepping into that true power and living authentically and when you do that you're gonna vibrate so high that some people might not like that and that's okay but you know at the end of the day you just have to be real and be yourself and do the things that make you happy and you really only have to answer to you at the end of the day not anybody else but you and I think that's something that even people who are not going through this stuff need to remember that you don't have to answer to anybody other than yourself. And not only that, but when you do it for you, it's so much better than second guessing everything that you're doing or being indecisive because you're confident. You're confident and you know the worst thing that can happen is, okay, I'm doing this yoga pose and I fall over and everybody laughs. You know, I laugh with them. Yeah, big deal. It, Life goes on. It's a two second it, laugh and fear, it doesn't matter. Fear paralyzes people. And I think 
that once we got out of that fear part, it really helped us. And and I think we need to stop for just a second and talk about that because you want to talk about things that, you know, like people would say to you about your dad. Well, I get all the time, oh my gosh, aren't you scared? Aren't you and the girl scared of him? Aren't you scared now you're doing this podcast and stuff? And and it, I understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, I'm not nearly as scared now than I was when I was living with him and sleeping next to him at night and not knowing how he was going to act or if he was going to come in bed and wake me up or what was going to happen next. Now I have a plan. Now I have confidence. Now I know I can protect myself in several different ways. And I'm not nearly as fearful as I was when I was in the middle of the situation. So while I appreciate them asking and their concern, no, I'm better off now than I was two, three years ago. We all are. And once again, I think that relates to a mindset shift, switch, whatever you want to call it. But I think, you know, maybe after listening to this episode and our podcast, maybe some other people that were close to our situation will also have mindset changes as well. This episode had several different things and components involved, but basically it was about how we shifted our mindset and how we started living more for us rather than out of the fear and control that we'd had in the past. And that's something that we feel like everybody can do no matter what situation they're in, wherever they're at, because people might control you, but they can't control your mind and how you think. So if you can do things to help yourself, whether the journaling, the exercise, the music, the mindset, any of those type of things will help you have a more positive life. As always, we welcome your comments, questions, feedback that you have. Feel free to email us at cheeseandcrackersus at gmail.com or if you don't want to email us, you can find all of our social media handles in the description below and message us on one of the platforms on there. Again, episodes drop every Monday at 5 a.m. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more.